That's better. I feel better I would about have that. so many that's outtakes from the beginning of these. Cool. No, that's Actually, normally what the intro is. Great. Is the outtakes. The intro, but the what, what is, the is uh, that meter you're wearing? Funktastic Meads in, uh, ri- well, I don't even remember the actual town. It's just outside of Richmond, Virginia. Okay. Nice. Are they doing the, the thick meads? Or? They're doing a little bit of everything. They okay. got uh, some session meads that are, they actually did a root beer session mead. That sounds really good, oh, actually. it was stupid. Have you ever um, diluted mead with seltzer water? Because if you haven't. No. It's, it it's fantastic. Yeah. If you, what? Yeah. So you take one of the big, like, 14% meads, that's just the, the honey, thickness, syrupy, and you just put seltzer water in it, and that's that's session mead. Session mead. Amazing. Um, luckily, I've got five open bottles at home, so <laughs> I might have to try that tonight. I, I highly encourage you. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Kentucky Commons Radio Hour. I'm Michael Moeller, joined today by David Satterley and guest host Mel Fox from Work For Your Beer. We are not in Louisville, Kentucky. We are in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, specifically at uh, Highsbury and Barrel Arts, uh, joined by a special guest, one Ryan Place, uh, packaging lead in social media. Ryan, thanks for thanks for hosting us here today. Hey, absolutely appreciate you guys coming in. I know it's uh, actually was just in Louisville recently, so I know it's a bit of a hike. So uh, appreciate you guys coming down and spending some time down here. Well, I mean, you you said it correctly, so that that's great that you already you're you're off to a good start with us. Uh, what what what'd you do in Louisville? Uh, a friend of mine that used to live down here, her and her husband uh, moved up there not long ago. She works for the university up there. Yovel. Um, so we, uh, me and my partner stopped up there for a night before going to Chicago. So got to stop into uh, Atrium. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I so love Atrium. That, that place was really, really cool. I was quite impressed. Um, stopped at the, uh, the Brown Hotel because... You got to have the original hot. Brown. You had, so the, you hot had brown. the hot brown. Okay. Yes. yes. Um, and then it was just a night full of uh, old fashions, and I don't remember the rest. <laughs> <laughs> that that is the old fashioned as I I don't remember exactly. <laughs> that's uh that that's an ideal quick Louisville trip on your way to Chicago. We were just in Chicago ourselves on our way up to Great Taste in the Midwest in nice. Wisconsin. That was an awesome trip for us. Um, but yeah, uh, we really appreciate you having us here today. Um, like I said, we're at, we're at Heist Brewery and Barrel Arts, but this is not the first uh, Heist location, correct? This is the second one? Correct, yeah. We uh, we built this place. Well, we didn't build this place. We actually um, started uh, brewing out of here back in 2018, 2017. Um, before us, it was actually a performance engine factory. So that's kind of that weird little history to it. Uh, right across the road is uh, Camp North End, which used to be the first place that Model Ts were built. It then turned into a uh, army manufacturing plant. Um, so some of the engines ended up coming from this building. Uh, our original spot is in the Noda area of Charlotte. Um, Literally, you can call it north of downtown area or North Davidson. There's still argument in town about that one. <laughs> it's North Davidson. 
There you go. I stand by it. Are, are you are you not North Davidson or I, I'm North Davidson. Okay, all right. Um, I, we, I, we agree. Yeah. So, so this is his historic space. Then you're you're talking Model T. That's like the 20s. The, this whole area has been around a, a long time, and it's seen its cycles of um, uh, its ups and downs, like a lot of you know big cities and big areas. Um, this area just kind of started to reemerge about five or six years ago. Um, we came into here when Camp North End came in. They had this whole 25 year plan of we want to do this on the north side of town. We're going to do these shops. We're going to do breweries. We're going to do uh, restaurants and just make it a whole experience. So uh, kind of centered with us and them revitalizing uh, this area of town. So Camp North End is actually where Pink Boots had their Femme Fest uh, with the Pink Boots Conference in Charlotte this year. So see this, Mel. This is why you're guest hosting because you know? I don't I don't have these fun facts at the at the tip of my yeah, fingers. Yeah, and it's a really it is a really cool eclectic space. It's a lot of like smaller businesses that have like grown very quickly because that space has been super up and coming. And this area in general is still very up and coming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can't see the entire space right now. But this is a huge huge building and it's stunning you guys did a really good job with it yeah the campus is beautiful walking <laughs> that was and, really and then the the big open hallway of the tap room i mean you can't it does lend that like factory vibe you know and you're met with the smiling face of one clint eastwood i mean I've, who doesn't want to feel welcome coming i mean if clint you consider eastwood. that a smile that's about, <laughs> it's, as about as, a smile. it's about as smile as he gets <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but but Highsbury itself uh, opened in 2012, I believe. 2012 in the Noda area. Um, we bought a building that was part of a mill factory. Again, you can tell we like yeah. buildings that have history and we like being able to uh, preserve that history while adding our own little bit of flair to it. Um, so we started there on a eight and a half barrel system. Uh, the whole thought was um, classic styles, German beers. Um, Belgian style beers and a wood fire oven. Um, about the beer years. cheese. Can we talk about the beer cheese just for like a hot second? Because it's the most superior beer cheese in Charlotte, and the pretzels are like homemade. Oh my god, we're gonna go. <laughs> it's too late. Now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> well, well, luckily we serve the beer cheese at oh both god, locations because it's bless because it's good. so popular. I still don't know the secret group of spices that we use. It's kind of like KFC and chicken. So good. I still don't know the spices we use, but it's just really, really good. Well, it's funny that you say that because you just mentioned KFC, but also beer cheese was invented in Winchester, Kentucky. Wow. Supposedly. How do you claim that? Clark, Clark County, <laughs> Kentucky. You, know, right. you, you say it's yours. You have the big festival every year, so I'm going to I'm gonna say it's theirs. But Interesting. Hmm. You're welcome. Well, I think Heist can throw down in the beer cheese category. So hey, Invite us, and, and we'll we'll do what we can. <laughs> and, and the handmade pretzels? Because that's, that's not an oh, easy so process. Good. They are a pain in the butt to make, and we've had people that... Um, that literally has been their entire job um, at times over the years because we go through so many. So you're you're one of Charlotte's first uh, like area brew pubs in 2012. You're making all these traditional uh, beers. You uh, you're making pretzels by hand. You're thinking, oh, this is great. But then all of a sudden, like maybe maybe some hazy IPAs are entering into the picture. So uh, two years in, we transitioned to a new head brewer, um, and. Back in 2014, he was really big on beer trading. And uh, he came in one day to his two assistants and he said, okay, this is called Julius from Treehouse. Oh, God. 
I mean, it, this it's everyone's story at this point yeah, in time. Yeah. But um, they tried one sip and said, all right, this is what we want to recreate. Uh, our first ever rendition, not a lot of people know this, was a beer called Whirlpool Willie. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it was okay. Um, but it went, we went through so many different iterations of, all right, what hops are going to use best? Um, what hot, uh, grain profile is going to be best for what we're looking to do? Um, we actually came up with one before it again, little known. Uh, we have a beer called blurred is the word, um, that actually came before our signature IPA. Um, but we decided to reformulate Blurred is the Word to bring that back um, three or four times a year. But in 2015, we landed again, stop me if you've heard this before, on Citra Hops. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> and we were doing it at between four and five pounds per barrel uh, between Whirlpool and dry hopping. Um, and about six months into making Haze, Citra came out. We put it on tap. Our lead brewer and our head brewer at the time went to, we've got this really cool beer shop in town called Salud. Yeah. Um, we're, do, we're going there. I'm taking oh, them nice. there. Oh, that's, that's we, we must. Nice. <laughs> uh, I mean, they have been voted the best beer bar in the U.S. multiple times. Three times in a row. Yeah. Um, but not to hype it up anymore, but uh, they're awesome. But to hype it up a little <laughs> bit more. Uh, so our head brewer and lead brewer brought a crowler up to salute and just started sharing it with people about 20 minutes later they got a phone call hey we need you guys to come back we've got a line out the door for this beer uh oh shit okay <laughs> looks like we created a monster on this one so we ran out of that beer almost instantly after it got tapped um it has been our most sought after beer for years uh we brew I'd say on average 90 to 120 barrels of just that per month, uh, just to keep up per with the month? demand per month. Holy cow. <laughs> I thought, I thought the haze craze was like dying a little. It's a really good hazy. <laughs> it's, we're, we're, we're very proud of that one. And we've had spinoffs of it. We do one called Uber Quenchel. That's a double IPA version that's Citra and galaxy. Okay. Uh, we by mistake created one called two Quenchel. Um, you know, brewers are supposed to keep notes. Sometimes you don't keep the notes as well as other times. So one person dry hopped Citroquential. A different person dry hopped it the next day. They didn't actually it's take it. It's like you fed the brewery cat twice. <laughs> and then they did it both again. And so, then everyone loved it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the new, oh my gosh, we have to have this beer. Um we have made it twice in the past two years. Um, the first time we made it, we sold out in four days. This year, we sold out between both buildings in five and a half days. Um, that's. I feel like that's very common for you guys to drop something and be like, this is not going to last the weekend. Like, And you see that at um, the OG heist, for lack of better words, is what I'm going to call it. Um, you'll go for like lunch or something and you'll see the beers crossed out from like literally just from earlier that day because they go so quick because your beer is so goddamn good. <laughs> Thank you. It just, uh, it does. It, it 
flows really fast, which is cool to see that. It's it's nice to still have um, that kind of notoriety when it comes to haze. Like you said, uh, it, you know, I, I've I've been to to beer shares before where we've actually had arguments of is haze here to stay is haze a phase what's going on what's good about it what's bad about it um i i don't know if it's gonna last another 90 100 years like other styles have but it's it's damn good to drink right now and i think it's helped pull a lot of people into craft beer because it is this super low bitterness super fruity super hoppy but it doesn't come off as it's hoppy. soft and you you get palatable and you can drink it and it's got a nice abv kick so after one or two of them you're like hey i kind of like this exactly <laughs> yeah it's not uncommon for hazies to be the thing that gets people to like ipas more and right. that's like my story right it was like west coast i was always like not my thing like i don't want anything to do with it but i'll go with a good like double hazy that's yeah, it's a good stuff. And then it kind of weans you into the rest. And by the end of the first one, you're like, woo, yes. that's some fun. This is delicious. Did, did anyone yeah. consider the financial implications of dry hopping four times? <laughs> <laughs> Not at first. <laughs> we we may have forgotten about that. When we when we re-released it for the because we actually put it kind of in our vault for four years and just never made it again. Um something that I don't think a lot of breweries talk about, but you know what? I, I like to be transparent and open about it. Um, we tried making it one time here, and even after the dry hops, it did not turn out the way we wanted. We actually dumped a 30-barrel batch of it um, after dry hopping. It was... It, it hurt my soul. <laughs> I, I, I think I went home and cried myself to sleep that night. Um, but yeah, they. I mean, we, we finally figured out that eventually we're going to have to make this beer. We're going to have to do it absolutely perfect because this is the beer that people have wanted us to make for four years. And even though it is you know, a regular IPA that we price at $20 a four pack, Again, we sold out in five and a half days, so we're still doing something right. Yeah, and I, for me, the haze craze is over, so I'm drinking this Kolsch. <laughs> you want to tell us a little bit about this? So uh, the Kolsch you have in your hand is called Kolsch Encounters. Um, the beer label actually literally is the highway from the, the Close Encounters Of a film. third kind? Yes. Okay, all right. Uh, with a UFO on it flying by. Um Nice, simple, 5%. Um, trick with ours is we actually don't use a Kolsch yeast. We actually use our San Diego on that. And nothing but this is the first time we've done an all Saz beer. So that's why you're getting some of the great peppery notes. Okay. Yeah. And it's super light and super clear. You know, it's a... It, it tasted. I would not known it was cold, non cold yeast. <laughs> Just kidding. It's totally no. Oh. <laughs> I lied to you. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that's that's something else that that we do is, um, you know, we have our uh, three or four yeasts that we use in house. Um, ones that we've developed over, you know, the past seven or eight years that we instead of trying to 
go out and say, okay, we did exactly what you expect. We used exactly this grain, exactly this yeast. It's more of a, hey, what can we do that's kind of this new school twist on a classic style of beer? So something like this and using uh, a, a West Coast yeast, but it still comes out clear, crispy. The, the like I said, with that, the, the saws just super shines through. It's earthy. It's a, that the white pepper note in there is, is yeah. fantastic. Still super crisp. I mean, you mentioned Atrium when you visited Louisville. They do a fantastic Kolsch, uh, but again, they they kind of take these like formulaic. Um, like wheat ales, right? Mm-hmm. And then kind of think what they do a lot of fruit additions and they say, what hops express this fruit addition? And can we marry those two? And is that a, a thing? And you think about like, no, it should be a wheat ale or it should be a half of Eisen. Like this should just stick to the course, but like taking the, the, the switch and approach is not, not either people aren't transparent about it or they just don't do it. Yeah. And and that's why I said I, I I love being transparent because of the fact that there's nothing to hide. Beer shouldn't hide anything. Um, breweries like to keep their secrets. Obviously, there's there's certain things where I'm not going to tell you the spices. Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I've been here five years and they still won't tell me. It's bullshit. Um, that's the only thing. Secret ingredients is. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, it, it's just, I think it's just nice that we're able to to go out and, you know, we've, we've been very transparent. Every brewery likes to share the hops they use in an IPA. We were, I think, the first brewery in North Carolina on their social media to start talking about, all right, this is all Citra, this is Mosaic and Azaka, this is this, uh, these are the flavor profiles you're going to get. Um, that way people can go in and, well, oh, I, I do like pineapple. So this Azaka is, is yeah, I want to try that one. Um, but luckily with, uh, you know, we've only, we've been lucky to only, enough to only have four head brewers in 10 years. The one that uh, just took over, his name is Trip, uh, been with us for, I don't, I'm going to get this wrong, seven years, I believe. Um, he enjoys making haze, but he loves making West Coasts and loggers and pilsners. It's just he puts love into that style of beer. And I think um, since he took over, you can really taste love as an ingredient in anything crispy that we do. That's so sweet. <laughs> what beers do you love? Okay, so I've gone through a lot of transition working did, here. Um, I mean, did you you're go, wearing a mead shirt now. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wasn't drinking mead five years ago. Uh, five years ago, I was drinking almost exclusively haze. Um, so obviously, I was that guy that this was kind of a dream job of mine. I get to work for the brewery that made the first ever haze in North Carolina, and I get to drink it at home all I want, and this is awesome. I drink so many lagers now. It's crazy. Um, Lager is life. Lager is life. (laughs) Um, That being said, favorite style is when it's done correctly, barley wines. 
Um, barley wine is life. <laughs> but when they're done poorly, barley wine is also probably the worst style out there. American or English? I prefer English. The sweetness is just, it, yeah. it, I prefer that a little bit more. Um, we, uh, we have barley wines in multiple barrels in our cellar right now which is great because the last time we released one was over four years ago. Um, and it was a English-style barley wine aged in a Four Roses barrel. We know what Four Roses is. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. And Mel, what was one of the first beer styles that got you really into like loving what Heist is doing here? So I think one of the earlier brews I had was the hazies. And that was when I was like newer to Charlotte. I mean, I moved down here in 2013. Um, and heist also has uh, run clubs and like some active things happening at both locations. Um, but in Noda work for your beer would like show up and like come to the run clubs to be like, please like work for your beer. Like literally we would show up with like stickers to be like, we're this new thing. And this was back in, I think we are cool. Yeah. Like, please like, and then I had to run, which I hate running, but I did it. Um, but I remember after, after the run club, I would always grab just one of the hazies. Cause I was like, I would try a different, different one every time I would assume. But that was actually, I think probably one of my first hazies that I was like, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they also make really fucking good sours. So like the sour program has evolved over the years as well. And actually we collabed on a sour for our, so our fifth birthday. We're just going to talk about all of our collab beers this time around. <laughs> so it's funny because I brewed our salute beer at your heist location in yep. Noda. And so we brewed that stout there, but then we did a very small batch here, um, which was really fun because it was just so much blackberry. It was a blackberry lemon granola bar sour mm-hmm. um, called pairs well with flannel. And I think it lasted like three days. I mean, it was super small batch, but it was delicious. Yeah, that uh, I think yeah, three days is a, is a nice estimate. I, yeah. It may have even been less than that. Um, so good. But yeah, it was what did it come out to 95 pounds per barrel of fruit puree it was oh it was just it was an aggressive amount of blackberry is how i like to describe that (laughs) but it was so good and it wasn't a ton of lemon but the lemon added a nice little punch and then we just dumped a bunch of granola and thinking that should taste good hopefully (laughs) and it did it It was great (laughs) but yeah what how how it was that tiny little I don't know how big that thing is. So every now and then we do small batches, uh, like super small batches. We have a two barrel tank. It's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) The cutest. It's, it's somewhere in, in here. I think I'm pretty sure. Um, but anytime we want to do, um, just a half barrel of something and adjunct it a different way. Um, like, well, we've done that. We, Typically with our sours, we keep extra boxes of fruit puree just so we can, you know, throw something a little bit different out there. So um, we did that. We've had uh, we have a bake shop series that typically has some kind of fruit, uh, cinnamon, streusel and vanilla. So uh, the last one we did on that was a strawberry rhubarb. Um, yeah. Tell you what, rhubarb, speaking of the word aggressive rhubarb when not done correctly gets very aggressive luckily we did it correctly that's good (sighs) yeah um yeah that series is great 
We uh, we actually did a rhubarb sour or is it saison saison saison. Uh, yeah, it was a co-fermented saison uh, that we did uh, Bel Air sour and then Bel saison and then secondary rhubarb and uh, Bar- barberouge hops too. Barberouge hops. Um, let me tell you, it was beautiful. Is this the one I tried? That sounds I don't know. Awesome. Mm, I think it was in February. So oh no, maybe Which no. It, it was February of like last year, maybe. I was gonna say I, I tried know. a collab of yours, but I don't remember. It was the place yeah. that had the truck outside or the van outside. It was Fall City. Yeah. Fall Just City. tell her that she tried it, so there's no sure. FOMO going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I feel like I had a it. On there. Yeah, it was delicious. Shut up, listen. It. It's great. I just <laughs> want to support. <laughs> you give it five stars on Google review. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was just super dry and amazing, and the rhubarb came out quite nice. But I do agree because I've had bad rhubarb beers before. Oh yeah, it gets bitter. Oh, extremely. Yeah. Um, I I I actually grew up in New Hampshire. My grandmother grew rhubarb, so of course I had to be that kid that was like, I just want to try it. Why the fuck did I try that? <laughs> um, but yeah, use it used properly, it, it can be fantastic. So. Well, it does sound like you all have a plethora of beers to try here, and there's something on the table that uh, is kind of catching my eye that I'd love to that I'd love to try. Can you tell us a little bit about it? All right, so uh, we recently brought in a new person to run our barrel aging program uh, by the name of Peter Calamaris. And I know I'm going to butcher that last name, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm close. Uh, Peter came from uh, Wicked Weed pre-buyout, and uh, he ran the barrel program at Other Half in D.C. for about a year and a half. Um, but he wanted to change a pace, wanted to come back down to North Carolina. And luckily, we were that group that was like, you know what? We absolutely could use this because this is we're called barrel arts and we aren't releasing much barrel stuff um so what the have in front of us uh unmarked can but it is a beer called genuine imitation um we took the new base of our barrel aged stouts which came out to 12.3 percent uh we then rested it on five pounds per barrel of toasted almond 10 pounds per barrel of cocoa nib and 12 pounds per barrel of toasted coconut and raw coconut. Um, anything that was toasted, we actually toasted ourselves in house. Um, it rested for three days. It is meant to be super thick, uh, sweet, and basically a liquid almond joy. It tastes like dessert. That's that was my feedback I gave. Candy. I said, This yeah. tastes like dessert. <laughs> It's so good. It's just black as night, oily, like has all the good coconut. But that, oh yeah, it smells like an almond joy. Yes. The almond, like the the mascarpone that you get out of that too, it just it rounds it out really well. Well, the, the other thing about this is, um, <laughs> it's just yeah. like it's an overwhelming like mouth like I'm gonna use the word mouthfeel, but like it just hits you immediately. It's so thick and creamy. And the thing that we love about this is. Just like any good stout, as it warms, it changes. When you drink this straight out of a fridge, it is nothing but chocolate. The more it warms up, the more you get the almond and then coconut as a tertiary. I just wanted to use that word today. Good job. Um, (laughs) Proud of you. So coconut as a tertiary flavor as it warms up even more. 
Um, so when it hits that 50 to 55 degrees that you're really looking for in a stout, it's completely opened up into a liquid almond joy. And uh, this is something that we're actually going to be releasing for our 10th anniversary. It's next not month. released yet. This is special, guys. Thank you for sharing. It it's is so great. good. Yeah, this is, Isn't it good? It's fantastic. Is there anything else that you all focus on barrel wise? I mean, we, we come from Kentucky, so like a lot of the barrels that we see at breweries end up from our state. And we always talk about like how our state uses them and then how they get out to other places. Um, but it seems like you guys have a pretty good wrangle on what you're doing here. Uh, luckily, um, luckily, with Peter coming in, he has kind of opened doors for us that weren't really there in terms of uh, what we were looking for for barrels before. Um, we have a, a ridiculously wide array of stuff. Uh, we've got a ton of we got a ton of Weller barrels in um, this year. I think we've got 12 or 14 of those full right now. Um, we've, I think we've got some Four Roses stuff in there. Um, I think we have a couple of Willet barrels in there as well. I see just getting the cream of the crop. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, Only the best. It, it's, I think the thing that helps is that we, uh, we're typically ordering 16 to 24 barrels at a time. So sure. um, I think that's really helped instead of trying to go back and, hey, we just need two barrels. We just need four barrels. You know, when you order 16, when you order 24, they're like, well, okay, well, we just dumped. We actually, one of our drops was freshly dumped well of barrels that we ended up filling three weeks later. So uh we started pulling some nails from those and and the barrel character that's coming through even after two or three months of those is stupid good yeah it, it's like what like three weeks when most of the barrel character is absorbed and then the rest is oxidation time maturation yep yeah but so. you'll, you'll know especially with some of those wet ones like when the expression comes through you're like all right this has got to sit for a minute <laughs> and there's there's a couple that we we tasted about two months in that we were like oh shit um Put the nail back in and I need to go to sleep. So does that barrel. Jet fuel. Yeah. <laughs> but th the best part is now going back to that, you know, a month, two months later and having someone in house um, like Peter and him working with the rest of our team, Trip and Chris and Andrew with coming up with these recipes of no, this is exactly the flavor profile we're looking for before we go into the barrel. This is exactly what we're looking for at this point. This is what we're looking for six months. This is what we're looking for at nine months. Uh, and having having a team that's so meticulous to make sure that we're putting out something quality um, it is just it's really nice to be a part of a team that cares about the beer we put in front of people. Yeah. And having like dedicated staff to that is incredibly important to like building those programs out because it doesn't start with like, oh, we, we have a couple of barrels. We're going to fill it with stout. It starts with someone. It starts with someone. It starts with someone. It starts with someone that has a vision six months, a year or two years. And that, that's not always the easiest person to find. They need to be patient. Yeah. Which patient. I am not. Neither am I. I'm right there with you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you put it in a barrel. Can we drink it tomorrow? Is that is that how that works? Is that too soon? Barrel rested stout is <laughs> <It's> the thing. <laughs> 
So do you do all of your brewing out of this location now? I know that you guys contract brew with Salud in your old location, but are you brewing anything out of uh, the Noda location anymore? Or is everything in here? I mean, you have a huge, you have tons of tanks here. I mean, this is a huge space, tons of barrels. Um, so the good thing about the original location is, yeah, we share the brewing spot with, um, with Salud, which they've been um, great. And we've become really, really good friends with them over the years. Uh, with bringing Peter on, the other great thing is he doesn't want to focus on just stouts and barley wines. Um, we actually have put four fooders in place over there. Nice. Um, we've built new trench drains to uh, make sure that we actually can place everything. Um, and he actually has already started brewing um, farmhouse styles nice. over at our original location. Oh, That's awesome. Okay. So uh, those obviously will be um, smaller, like I said, it's it's an eight and a half barrel system versus a um, double mash thirty barrel system that we're on now. You know, that's I believe the kids call that a glow up. Um, <laughs> but it's it's nice to be able to utilize both systems. Um, you know, this new one is it's very new age. It's all computer. Press a few buttons, and there are very few things that we actually have to be completely hands on. Uh, meanwhile, the original spot is a very traditional hands on everything, every step of the way. And that that's better for non clean beers anyways. Right. To have more control over that versus, you know, a computerized like we're 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 setting this strike and we're going to let it roll. from there. Exactly. Yeah. So this is something that we like to ask people when we visit them from out of town. But um, are you familiar with the Kentucky common style of beer? I've heard of it. It's been a long time since I've had one, um, but I don't know the ins and outs completely of the style. That That's fair. And, and to be fair, it, it, it's up for debate sometimes still, even in Louisville. Some people think there's some like a little sourness to it. A lot of people think that it's just a dark cream ale, strictly that, uh, you know, light easy to do you know finish it within seven you, you from from brew to to glass seven to ten days very quick and cheap to to make but um we're always just curious to see what people have to say about it because it's just it's one of the three indigenous beer styles to the united states that was actually invented here so it's it's interesting to us you should and, have brought us some what were you thinking and now i feel like a jerk for not no oh, way. it's okay. Oh, no, it, it's stuff about it. No, it no, was it, just added to BJCP like what 2019. Yeah, and, yeah, well, and then BA just last year. Yeah. So, like, you can take a Kentucky Common to GABF now and win a competition for the first time ever. <laughs> Yet it's one of the three oldest. Exactly. So, all right. Because yeah, yeah, makes sense. Pre prohibition. I know. Well, pre prohibition, it was one of the. I mean, the the others being uh, uh, California Common. And uh, like anchor steam, mm -hmm. um, steam beer, yeah. steam beer, yeah, yeah. exactly, uh, steam beer specifically. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting for us to to see what people's reactions to that is because you know people know us for bourbon, people know us for chicken. Uh, <laughs> I want to know what like I want to I want to have a beer that people know us for too, and and why not that one? Because pre prohibition, seventy percent of that region they were drinking Kentucky Common beer. Yeah. So, you know, let's bring it back 100 years later. We're sending you some. Yeah. Yeah. This is this <laughs> okay. is the point. This is not so much of a question but more of a an ask. Please make a Kentucky please make common. A Kentucky common. Bring, bring Kentucky common to North Carolina, please. 
They also asked I, an interesting. I, I kind of want to now. You should. <laughs> I kind of. Do we would we have to put quotations around Kentucky? No, 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 no. no. no it's, it's not. It's not like that. It's you can a style. Call it a style. A Carolina common. Yeah, or or call it a Kentucky common. Either way. But guess what? You can you can barrel age it. That's fine. We don't care. Do whatever you want to it. <laughs> hey, hey, Peter. When when you eventually listen to this, if you listen to this, they said it, not me. I'm just reiterating. Well, to that point, we really appreciate you having us today, sharing some beer with us. Um, we, we still have some more to drink here, but we're going to do that off the podcast. Uh, thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you guys for coming down. Again, uh, I, I know it's, a, it's an absolute trek to get from here, or from, from there to here. That's what I meant. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. The stout's hitting me already. Uh, You've but- had this much of it. You don't know it how much I've p- had before no, you guys got here. It is a powerful stuff, <laughs> You got though. you got anything to shout Wait, out, what's Ryan? What's the actual ABV on this? 12.3. It's 12.3, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. It doesn't so, taste like it. I know. It, it tastes like candy. That's I, the problem. <laughs> I, I think that's that's one one last thing I'll say about us. I feel like we're kind of the masters at, at hiding ABV. Um, most of our haze is right around that 7%. Doesn't taste like it. This is 12.3, but I mean that yeah yeah um but no uh, i i don't really think i've got much anything else uh, i just i appreciate uh i appreciate mel for being able to hook this up and any uh anytime i can anytime i can get out and talk about what we're doing what we're about um and get into uh different markets about things i, I sincerely appreciate it so thank you so much for that Absolutely. Let's all enjoy a beer together soon. Done and done. Yay. Yay. Amazing. Cheers. Bye. 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 <laughs>